hold on to me as we go as we roll down this unfamiliar road and although this wave is stringing us along just know you're not alone I'm gonna make this place your home. Good morning. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review on AM 1560, FM 97.7, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. With your host, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker. Consistently ranked as one of the best in the business nationwide, Lori's been selling real estate in Kern County for over three decades, during which time she successfully helped over 11,000 families meet their real estate needs. So if you're thinking of buying or selling, there's no better choice than the McCarty Group. Working with an expert makes the process easy and puts more money in your pocket. You can either Google the McCarty Group, that's the M double C A R T Y group.com, or call 661 665 sold. And those numbers are 661 665 7653. And she or one of her partners will be delighted to help you. Let them make you their next success story. And good morning to you, Lori. Good morning, Adelaide. Are you ready for Halloween tonight? I am so ready. Uh, you know, there's been parties this weekend. Uh-huh. But then tonight's the real night. The real night. Yeah, so I am definitely ready. We've got a bunch of candy ready to go. Good job. I've picked my favorites. And uh, are you dressing up? <laughs> yes. Oh, and what are you going to be? It's Well, my son, he's going to be um, from Despicable Me. Mm-hmm. The Vector is kind of the, the bad guy. Okay. Other bad guy. And I'll be Gru, of course. Okay. Very good. Very good. So it should be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Are you guys dressing up? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) What are your plans for tonight, then? Well, my plan is to sit home and relax and watch Bob hand out candy. Scare some kids, maybe? Maybe. Actually, I really enjoy looking at, at all the little ones who are dressed up and who are so excited about... Uh, getting getting candy Um, you know it's just for me that kind of warms my heart right yes i think it's interesting did you know that the top five halloween candies that children in the u.s favorite are reese's m&m's milky way bars hershey bars and kit kats hmm okay i had no idea those were the top five that children liked i felt like my kids really into the sour stuff ah mm -hmm. which i just I mean, I get, but I don't get. Right. Uh, maybe because I'm an adult now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I prefer chocolate. Yeah. I, I'd love to say that I had a favorite, but the truth is, if it's chocolate, I'm a fan. Right? I agree with you. I agree. <laughs> so I'm proud to say we have all of the top five ready to hand out for trick-or-treaters tonight, assuming, of course, that... Uh, I don't eat them all before they arrive. (laughs) (laughs) Got to sample a couple. Got (laughs) to. One or two, right? Uh, Honestly, this time of the year is maddening for me because I just have a sweet tooth that takes over this time of the year. You know, diet, it's like, what diet? Seafood? Eat it, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and and I love the candy. And uh, the crazy part is you give the kids the candy. Mm-hmm. And they go back to their parents on a sugar high. Let right. them deal with the right. uh, aftermath right, right, of right. that. <laughs> right. So uh, what intriguing topic do you have for us today on All Hallows' Eve? Well, in honor of today actually being Halloween, I mean, 
how lucky am I that this show is actually on the holiday? So anyways, in honor of Halloween, I thought we'd talk about all things haunted here in Kern County. And for that, we have a special guest, Missy Bennett, the owner of Frontier Ghost Hunters, who is a local paranormal expert. She's going to be telling us all about ghost hunting and sharing some stories about haunted places in Kern County. But before we jump into our special Halloween episode, I really wanted to share a few hauntingly fun facts. And when I say fun facts, I want to put the emphasis on the fun part. So whether you're a skeptic or a believer, I hope everyone can enjoy themselves today. Now, in a recent survey conducted with home buyers by Ally Home Loans, can you believe that more than a third of buyers, 36% to be exact, said that they would purchase a haunted house if it costs 25% less than a similar house that's not haunted. How funny is that? I mean, I'm not really sure how buyers are going to find out that the house was haunted and therefore think that it warranted a discount. I mean, maybe they're going to call Missy, right? (laughs) Um, And then, according to a state-by-state analysis by Zillow, there are no states that actually require home sellers to voluntarily disclose alleged ghostly activities on the property before a sale. In fact, only Minnesota even mentions hauntings in its disclosure laws, which frees sellers from having to disclose non-material facts, including if the home was the site of perceived paranormal activity. So now, although many buyers might be willing to purchase a haunted house if it's discounted, more than a third of the buyers, another 36%, say that they would rather live in a house by a highway than in a haunted house. You know, I don't really think I agree with those buyers. What do you think, Adelaide? Would you rather live in a house by a highway or live in a haunted house? <laughs> That's a really tough question. Because do you, is there a way to know if it's a friendly spirit? Well, or? that's the whole point, right? I mean, You're still rolling the dice. Yeah, I, mean, oh I, I think goodness. I could handle a visit by an occasional spirit, as long as they were benevolent, rather than that constant drone of traffic noise, right? Yeah, I think Casper, the friendly ghost. Absolutely. That might be okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. But, but, you know, if it's an evil spirit, yeah, okay, maybe I can put up with the traffic noise. Yeah, yeah. So, um, back to if a buyer would know whether or not a home is haunted before purchasing, but don't agents have to disclose a death on the property? Well, okay, so your question really boils down to, is death a material fact? And frankly, the answer is yes. If the death was on the property within the last three years, at least here in California. So, per the California Civil Code, Any and all deaths within the last three years have to be disclosed. Now, if it's more than three years ago, technically the death doesn't have to be disclosed unless there was some sort of notoriety surrounding the death. So a classic example would be like the Tate-LaBianca murders. That home is always going to be known for the site of those murders, right? Everybody's always going to know that's where Charles Manson killed Sharon Tate. Right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so even though many, 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 many years have passed since that occurred, that's going to always continue to be a point of disclosure because everyone's always going to know that's mm-hmm. where those deaths occurred. 
Now, an exception to this rule is when the house is foreclosed on or if it becomes a bank-owned property because the bank couldn't reasonably have known the history of what happened in that house. They become exempt from the death disclosure rule. Make sense? Mm, Okay. Yeah, it does. But here again, Adelaide, just because there was a death on the property, I don't think that necessitates a haunting. And that, I think, is a great question for our guest today, who is obviously an expert on the topic. So once again, today we are welcoming Missy Bennett, owner of Frontier Ghost Hunters and local paranormal expert to the show, to talk about all things haunted in Kern County. So thank you so much for being on the show today, Missy. We really appreciate it, particularly as I'm sure Halloween is one of your busiest seasons, right? It actually is. Yes, it is. Great. So tell us, short answer only, because I know we're going to get into some big details later. In answer to Adelaide's question, just because there was a death on the property, does that necessarily mean there's going to be a haunting at that house? Absolutely not. Perfect. So... Before we get too far, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you became interested in the paranormal? I have been interested in the paranormal since probably I was a child, and that is because of my own paranormal experiences. Wow. Tell us about that. (laughs) So I think I might have been about eight years old, living here in Bakersfield. Um, I was awakened in the middle of the night by something, I'm not sure, and um, lying in bed in my room and I look down to the foot of my bed and I see a a white figure uh, silhouette of a small boy Mm. and I just remember being paralyzed with fear because I wasn't quite sure what I was looking at or seeing and um, trying to will myself to roll over close my eyes and I just remember peeking through my lashes hoping that I looked like I was still asleep but trying to still figure out what this was I close my eyes for a second I open them again but now this this boy has moved to the side of my bed and all I can think about is my hands are not under the covers (laughs) and I was terrified and he just sat there looking at me and I I couldn't move and so I finally it was like one of those things in your head where you're screaming at yourself roll over roll over and I remember counting to three and just forcing myself to roll over face the wall away from him And um, I I eventually fell back to sleep. So when I told my mom the next morning about what happened, she was like, oh, sweetie, you were just having a dream. And I was, I just was convinced that it was not a dream. There was no way that could have been a dream. Mm -hmm. And I've not been one to suffer from sleep paralysis or anything like that. Um, I, I am and was convinced that that was a ghost or something that was coming to visit me. So ever since then, I have just always been absolutely fascinated by it. Great. That's that's amazing. Um, so how did you then come to found Frontier Ghost Hunters? It was really kind of an accident. Um, I'm in education, and so as a teacher, when Halloween time comes around, it's all the spooky stories, and, and kids had found out that I, I was dabbling a little bit in um, paranormal investigation, and I really do just mean dabbling. It was nothing serious. My husband was just starting to buy me little pieces of equipment here and there and so we um I got the idea to see if I could get into BHS because my uncle was the assistant principal at the time Mm -hmm. and I would take a couple of my students with me 
And he said, sure, why not? So I took these kids to BHS with me. We did an investigation, had some crazy experiences, and Frontier Ghost Hunters was founded by that because it became a club at Frontier High School. Wow, <laughs> that's exciting. I, I think that's a great introduction. And let's take a quick break right now so I can grab a few pieces of Halloween candy here before we go any further into some of the great spooky stories I'm sure you have to share with us. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And to reach Lori, you can call her or her team anytime at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. Or you can go to her website at themccartygroup.com, where you can tour all the properties available in Kern County from the comfort of your couch. Request an in-person tour, find out the value of your home, and see the McCarty Group's success stories. Ranked number eight in North America for Coldwell Banker, and the only Kern County Realtor to be listed in the Wall Street Journal's Top 100 Agents for 2021, she is truly an expert in her field. Her desire, as well as that of her team, is to not only achieve their clients' goals, but to exceed their expectations. So let them do just that. And we'll be right back with the Kern County Real Estate Review here on KNZR. Hey, you confused about real estate? Sean Hannity here, and I can tell you as an active real estate investor, well, just like the stock market, it can go up one day and down the next. Home values and sales, they fluctuate on a dime. Now, even though I bought and sold homes for years all across this great country, one thing I will always do is partner with a sharp real estate agent that truly studies local and national market trends, that knows the real value of homes, and most importantly, knows how to generate demand regardless of the market. And the good news is you have a truly amazing agent right in your backyard. I'm talking about Lori McCarty of Coldwell Banker. She has an amazing team working for her that doesn't miss a single detail. Her system is so bulletproof, well, she can create demand for your home at a deadline that you agree to or she will buy it herself. Now, real estate doesn't have to be frustrating or scary. Call Lori McCarty today at 665-SOLD. That's 665-SOLD online, themccartygroup.com. That's themccartygroup.com. Go there and you can start packing. And we're back this morning with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group on the Kern County Real Estate Review here on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And if you're thinking about selling but need to make some renovations first, you'll want to contact Lori to find out about her amazing new program designed to help sellers get their home ready to sell. It's called the McCarty Line of Convenience, or MLOC. This program allows sellers to tap into up to $10,000 for renovations and repairs. There's no interest or fees associated with the MLOC. It's simply paid back at the close of escrow. Call 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653 to see if you qualify for this exclusive new program designed to help maximize your selling price. And if you're just tuning in, we're exploring the haunted side of Kern County with Lori's guest, 
Missy Bennett, owner of Frontier Ghost Hunters. And for those of us who'd like to get in touch with you, Missy, how can we best reach you? Probably the best way to reach me would be on Facebook, on Frontier Ghost Hunters' website. Perfect. So, Missy, I have to admit, I'm a little bit of a skeptic when it comes to the existence of ghosts. So what would you tell someone like me um, who is skeptical? I would say that skeptics make the best investigators. Oh, really? Yes, absolutely. And that is um, that is my approach as well. So um, when you're a skeptic, you're going in trying to disprove or debunk stories of paranormal activity. Okay. So um, it's when you can't quite explain it away mm-hmm. that you might consider the alternative oh. of something being paranormal. Okay. So tell us a little bit about your business, uh, Frontier Ghost Hunters. What exactly is it that you do? What all, what all does that encompass? I would say that it's more of a service than it is a business. So, okay. Um, a free service. So um, basically, I I will meet with a homeowner, business owner, whatever, if I if I know who that is, mm-hmm. um, prior to an investigation to hear about some of the background of the property, if they're familiar with it, some of the experiences that they're having, uh, tour the location, so that I can already start to think about what equipment I might use, um, what what outside um, interferences there might be, things like that, um, before doing the actual investigation. And then um, I will investigate to see if we can prove or disprove that um, there might be something paranormal. Okay, so what is some of that equipment that, that you referenced there? Um, I usually always try to use some cameras throughout the home in key areas where they are having experiences. My um, my trusty digital voice recorder is probably the least expensive piece of equipment and the most reliable. Okay. Um, so I will always have that on with me at the at, um, throughout the investigation. I will use some form of an EMF detector, electromagnetic field. Um, there are a variety of them out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will use a K2 meter if I am hoping to communicate with some a spirit or something because we can use that for yes and no answers if you feel like it's an intelligent haunt. Okay. Um, I will use a, a geophone which tracks vibration in the floor. So if there's footsteps or anything like that, the geophone will uh, detect that vibration and alarms will go off. It will also detect temperature. I have a thermal camera so I can sometimes hope sometimes can mm-hmm. see that there's something there that's pulling heat but I can't see it with the naked eye but the camera will pick it up so just a variety of tools it just depends on the investigation and there there's new things coming out all the time some are great some are not so. wow I had no idea there was so much <laughs> that's great so <clears throat> you told us how Frontier Ghost Hunters started but why um, why did you beyond the club why did you take this further? Um, maybe it was by accident. Okay. It was so much fun while I was teaching, and it was so great to share this with students who mm-hmm. who had an interest and and sort of teach them that process of going as a skeptic. You right. Know, we're not going in as believers. Yes, it's haunted because you said so, mm-hmm. but let's try to figure out if there's another way. So I love that so much. Well, then um, I ended up moving schools, changing positions, and just didn't have the opportunity mm-hmm. to continue the club. The kids had graduated and moved on. Right. And so um, 
it just sort of became back to just being a hobby. Mm -hmm. I did have a couple of my former students that when I would get to go on an investigation, I was like, hey, are you guys still interested? Absolutely, let's go. So um, it really was just something that I might do once or twice a year. And then when, when I started my newest position at East Bakersfield High School, they did an interview on me and what's something that nobody knows about you. And of course it was. Mm-hmm. I'm an amateur paranormal investigator. And they're like, what? <laughs> so that was on our website for the longest time. So whenever anybody starts a search, you know, ghost hunter, or paranormal investigator, Bakersfield, that little newspaper article from our school paper comes up. Mm-hmm. So it was really about three years ago, I guess, that it has sort of taken off. Mm-hmm. And always around this time, like you said, Halloween must be a busy time for me. It absolutely is. So um, I'm fortunate enough to have the time and to be able to spend and go out and investigate these places so that's great so are there are there different types of hauntings or are pretty much all ghosts about the same um no there are definitely different types of hauntings and uh there is a residual haunt which means that whatever the activity is that's happening in in the home in the location isn't aware of its surroundings it's just almost like hitting replay on a movie Oh. Rewind and replay. It's it's going through um, maybe a traumatic experience or a traumatic event that took oh. place. So it's just kind of like hitting rewind and replay, rewind and replay. Absolutely unaware that anyone else is in the home, at the location, or anything else. Um, then there's an intelligent haunt. Okay. Those are the really cool ones because they can interact with the okay. living if you want to. I feel like I'm talking about a zombie movie or something. Interact <laughs> with the living. No. Um, so, and that's when you get communication, ask questions and they respond, whether you pick that up on your digital voice recorder or through some sort of equipment, you know, lighted mm-hmm. response. Um, they're very aware that there are other people in their home or in their location and um, sometimes love to interact and sometimes are angry that you're there. Um, but yeah, so those two, intelligent and residual. Have you ever been in a, a haunting where someone has been angry that you've been there? I have not. Um, well, I mean, I've gotten, I've certainly gotten strong responses in places, but I never felt like it was angry, like Mm -hmm. get away, but more like, Hey, 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 I'm right here. I'm right here. Okay. Um, so no, I I have not. Thank goodness. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So why do you think it is that, that ghosts or spirits hang around and don't cross over? I think that there are a variety of reasons. So I do, I do believe in the unfinished business type of um, haunt where someone missed out on something or didn't have closure in a certain aspect of their life or they just weren't ready. Oh, Um, So you may have heard about the haunting of um, Browning Road, Mm -hmm. the lady in white that some people say they have seen or experienced. Well, I learned recently that there is an actual name and face behind this lady in white from a woman who lived in the area. And her um, lack of closure was earning her daughter back who had been taken from her. And so she had been going through the process of um, parenting classes and all of these um, appointments and was on her way to the courthouse on her bike and was hit and killed. So if she is, in fact, the lady in white on Browning Road, that might be her unfinished business. Okay, that makes complete sense. So back to Adelaide's question at the beginning if someone does die in a home, we talked about you don't believe that that automatically means it beca- they become haunted, but 
what are some of the reasons it could become haunted? Um, hauntings, I think, sometimes are really just about the energy. Okay. So it may not necessarily be associated with a particular person that passed. It could be memories. It could be, um, like I said, just the energy in the home. For an example, schools. Schools are frequently often reported as being areas of haunted locations or paranormal activity. And it may not be because the janitor fell from a ladder on the stage and that's why it's haunted. It might be, but um, for example, at East Bakersfield High School, we had one of our um, computer techs was working late one night. He was walking by our old gymnasium Mm -hmm. and couldn't figure out what event was going on because he could hear the cheering and the roar of the crowd. And he's like, I didn't think there was an event tonight. So he opened the door and there was no one in the room. So that would be more of that residual type haunt where okay. it's the energy in the space that still lives in the space. Right. So um, I think that, that that could happen in a home as well. It could be, you know, you have a big family and it's filled with laughter, love. It could be filled with anger and, you know, rage, whatever. But that energy is trapped in the space. Okay. Makes sense. So I want to go back to all those exciting gadgets that uh, you have. When when you show up at an investigation, um, which I think is a great word for <laughs> what you do, um, because clearly you really are using that scientific method of, of investigating, walk us through an investigation. What do you do when you get on site with all of the gadgets that you have? Um, just based on the stories or the experiences that the homeowners are having, and I'll just use a home for example, mm-hmm. um, it's placing the right equipment in the right space. Um, so the cameras will go in all of those locations. And sometimes I will use a wired camera just for, so there's no Wi-Fi interference. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I will use wireless little baby camera monitors because okay. those are nice and clear pictures with night vision. Um, I will always use my digital voice recorder mm-hmm. to get any uh, um, EVP, electronic voice phenomenon. And I will always use um, some form of an EMF detector. Okay. So occasionally, you know, there are some toys, toy, toys, I say toys, um, some, <laughs> some equipment that I will some use. specialized that, equipment. Yeah, <laughs> that, you know, will be new to me and I'll try it out. And, and I have had some success and some failures, more failures than others. You know, so there are things that I have purchased that I'm like, well, that, that was really not very helpful at all mm-hmm. um, and um, some other things that are incredibly helpful so it might be a laser grid where it's just a wall of like green dots mm-hmm. like people use them on their homes for Halloween and Christmas right mm-hmm. well um, in the paranormal world you can if something breaks the plane of the green dot like if you were to stand in front of it I could see the outline of your body well the same would go for if there was a spirit you could they could walk through the laser grid and I couldn't see them but I could see the outline of their figure in the laser grid so it just depends on the investigation okay so when i am getting ready to go on a listing appointment for example i i run comparables i prepare various documents for that appointment i have to do a lot of research so i'm assuming before you go on an investigation you have to do your own preparation work is that true it is true So I will do um, some research on the address of the property to see previous owners. Um, Maybe it was not always a home. It was something else. So Mm -hmm. the Junior League Community House, for example, wasn't always a community house. It was a mortuary before. Oh. Um, Yeah. Okay. So um, I will, if I can, 
I will try to find archives mm-hmm. in, from the newspaper. So I investigated uh, the hotel at Pioneer Village mm-hmm. and needed to do some research on the hotel to see if there had been any deaths. Would there be any reason why the hotel um, might possibly be haunted? Because they want they wanted me to provide that before they would allow me in to do the investigation. Right. Fair enough. So, um, so yeah, I'll do as much research as I can. And sometimes there's not a lot out there. And sometimes I, I get lucky. Very good. So tell us about some of your spooky experiences. Mm. So I have had several. Um, I have had one at Bakersfield High School, mm-hmm. and that was when I was telling you how we sort of founded Frontier Ghost Hunters after that event because I realized there was such an interest and we just had the greatest experience. Um, I had taken a group of about eight kids, maybe more, and into the school. We had gone all over campus. We had even tried to go into the tunnels, which really aren't quite tunnels, more of a tunnel that becomes a crawl space. But um, it was the end of the night. It was the perfect setting for an investigation. It was October, obviously around Halloween, because that's Uh when the spooky stories come out. Uh, It was gloomy. It was stormy. And it was getting ready to rain. It was windy. I mean, it was just perfect perfect atmosphere. Right. Absolutely. So um, we were in Warren Hall. And half of the group had already walked out to the, the quad area. And we there was a few of us, maybe six of us, that were just sort of lingering. And teenagers in typical teenager fashion at someone else's school were going around trying to open doors. And one of the kids runs up to me and they're like, hey, 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 this door's open. This door's open. So I'm like, okay, let's go check it out. Why not? So we go back into this classroom. And we're all bundled up because it was chilly outside. And we opened the door and um, there's two things that I noticed originally and one was that it was just absolute pitch black in the room which is unusual for a classroom being that it's right there on California Avenue Um, and it was so hot in that room just the heat was crazy so I remember just taking my jacket off and the kids were talking about the heat so I wanted to try to figure out once my eyes adjusted to the darkness uh, why it was so dark so then you could see that the windows had been covered up with paper or something to create that darkness for whatever reason. So we uh, we only had two tools with us. We had our digital voice recorders and we had EMF detectors, and that was it. So we just started walking um, down the aisles of the desks, which were lined up in rows facing the front of the classroom towards the back of the classroom. And um, I was in one aisle leading that group I guess and then another one of my students was about two rows over walking with me and all of a sudden we both stopped at the same time and um, I looked at her because I don't ever want to um, suggest that I felt something or that I heard something or Mm -hmm. because I would like uh, teaching them I would like to hear what they see think feel during an investigation so I looked at her and she looked at me and she goes do you feel that? And I said, what do you feel? And she says, it's really cold, which is exactly the reason that I stopped because all of a sudden, I mean, my legs were just very, very cold. Like AC had turned on and was blowing on you, something like that. So I said to her, I said, okay, I feel that too. Let's try to figure out where the cold air is coming from. So we, we search, we feel around windows, we're feeling vents everywhere, and there's not a single breeze or blast of cold air coming into the room that we could detect. Mm-hmm. So we get to the back of the classroom, we turn to go around um, the room, and on that far side of the classroom, we notice that there are these very large, like three-dimensional snowflakes hanging from the ceiling. There might be six or seven of them hanging from the ceiling along the side um, wall of the classroom. 
So I'm looking down at my EMF detector. I have my digital voice recorder in one hand, and the students are starting to um, starting an EMF, sorry, EVP session. So they start asking questions, introducing themselves. We're students. This is our teacher. You know, we're not here to scare you. If there's anybody here, can you just let us know that you're here? And I'm still looking down because I noticed that my EMF detector is starting to blip a little bit. Mm-hmm. And one of the kids says, um, if you're here, can you make one of those snowflakes spin around? And I'm still looking down on my, at my equipment. And all of a sudden, this one of my kids says, Bennett, Bennett, look. I'm like, what? And, I, and they're like, look. And they're both, they're, everybody's just staring at the ceiling. And one of those snow, just one of the six or seven snowflakes is slowly spinning, very slowly spinning in a circle. And I'm like, I got goosebumps, you know, because you know, you're like, yes, this is awesome. Um, but you also don't want to freak the kids out or right. you know, overreact. overreact. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, huh, that's interesting. So then again, we're looking for for drafts, anything, but why would just one of the six move? Right. So the kid says, can you make that stop? And very slowly, the snowflake stops. So I'm like, that's pretty cool. See if you can do it again. Mm-hmm. So they repeat the question. The snowflakes begin to spit. The snowflake begins to spin. And so now we're thinking maybe there really is something in here and it wasn't just a draft because it now seems to be intelligent and right. it is responding to questions. So another student says, can you make all of them spin? (laughs) And if I hadn't seen it myself, I wouldn't have believed anybody that told me this story. Every single one of those snowflakes slowly began spinning as they hung from the ceiling. So that's amazing. We are just absolutely giddy, just giddy. Like, oh, my God, this is really happening. We're witnessing this. And then someone says, can you make them stop? And one at a time down the row, each snowflake came to a complete stop. It was perfect. It was the perfect night. And so I think that's, it was really perfect for them uh, mm-hmm. and for me to experience that on their first investigation. And that just gave them all the bug. So Frontier Ghost Hunters from there on out. Well, I was going to say, I bet they are all hooked for, for yeah. life, yeah. right? Yeah. That's pretty amazing. It was fantastic. Was that probably the, was that the most exciting? I think um, it was the most exciting because there were others there that got to experience got to experience that um i have definitely had other experiences um there was one where uh, a friend of my husband's his parents were selling his family home mm-hmm. and he had some pretty remarkable stories of this, their childhood living in this home and all of the crazy experiences that they would have really kind of terrifying experiences oh. and the home was in escrow so no one was living in it yet, and he says, tell your wife she can bring her group and they can spend the night. So this was going to be our first overnight investigation, mm-hmm. and um, so I was super excited about that, just to have kind of all the time that I needed with no interference of you know family members or anything like that. Right. So we brought our sleeping bags and air mattresses. We set up our little command control with our mm-hmm. cameras and monitors and um, just put equipment in every room of the house and investigated for several hours and just really didn't have anything happen that we could detect. So I was really kind of disappointed. So I think it might have been around 11 or 12 midnight and Mm -hmm. we decide to climb into our sleeping bags and we're all sitting in this front, I guess it would be like their little dining room area towards the back of the house near the garage and 
we're just uh, sitting in our beds and talking about nothing really, just telling stories. And it might have been about, <clears throat> I guess at this time, maybe about 1 o'clock, 1.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, from the back of the house, we hear this huge slam. So this is a home where it had the old, big ceiling-to-floor, like, wooden closets. Uh-huh. And it sounded like one of those closet doors had just been slammed as hard as you could possibly slam it. And we just, we, we jumped. Right. We all froze and looked at each other. And then it was like, okay, which one of us is going to go back there and uh-huh. check that out? <laughs> so um, a couple of us went back there, and there was nothing unusual. And we picked up the digital voice recorder and you could definitely hear the door slam you couldn't hear any voice or anything like that prior to so we just thought that was really interesting because we could not explain how or why that door would slam with such force mm-hmm. so we go back to our little conversations we decide we're going to go to sleep and then two hours later the same thing but it felt like it was moving closer to the front of the house and then it happened again two hours later, and it felt like it was moving like slowly, like down the hallway. Right. And so when the third event happened, we're like, okay, 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 we get it. You want us to go? We're leaving. So we mm-hmm. packed up, rolled everything up, picked up our equipment, and headed out of there. So that was that was bizarre. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so aside from. Well, actually, before I ask you that, I want to know, were you ever able to go back as an investigator to your childhood home to try to reach out to the little boy that you saw as as a child? No, I haven't, actually. And I I don't know why until you just said that. Has it ever crossed my mind? Isn't that funny? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So maybe now I will. There I drive by that house all the time. My parents actually ended up buying a house in the cul-de-sac around the corner. And so I remember being, and it was the exact same floor plan and thinking that it felt like I was in my old home. Uh-huh. So I don't, I guess that's why I never considered it. How funny. Well, there Maybe you go. Not. Thank you so much. You bet. My pleasure. <laughs> um, so aside from things like, you know, the doors being slammed and that kind of thing, how, how would a person know that, that their home might be haunted? I mean, are there are there things that you should look for? I mean, I'm thinking about it from a I'm showing a home standpoint. Are, are there telltale signs that we should be looking for? Not necessarily. I mean, I think that when you when you feel like you might have something paranormal in your home, it's because you do start to see little signs. Things are moved. Uh, you hear a sound. You. Um, maybe experience the noises or the footsteps or the voices or things like that. But I don't, I don't think, and I've known people that have lived in a home forever. And then suddenly, you know, they're like, I've lived here for 10 years. And now all of a sudden something's haunted. I feel like, I feel like there's something here because I put my keys here. I always put them here then. And then they weren't there. And now there. they're yeah. being moved. So um, again, it just, we talked about that energy and sometimes it just appears sometimes it's a traumatic event for the new owners sometimes mm-hmm. they're going through something and that oh. might bring something into the home okay um sometimes it's a renovation ah didn't even so think about if that you start to renovate your home remodel your home that might stir up a spirit that was very content and dormant okay. to now wonder why you're changing mm-hmm their dwelling mm-hmm. um it can be something you bring into the home right so are you an antique collector 
because people oh. will attach themselves to objects. Didn't even think about that. So, okay. Yeah. And I, I really hadn't thought of it as, because as I said, I'm a little bit of a skeptic, but I hadn't thought about the fact that that spirits might actually think, this is my home you're yeah. moving into, right? Um, and so as you start to remodel or to to change things there, you're disturbing their environment, right. right? So I'm sure not all of the homes or businesses you investigate are legitimately haunted. Um, so what are some of the things that, that could cause buildings to seem haunted, uh, but really it's, it's nothing paranormal? Um, could there be things like just normal settling noises or, or wind or? Yeah, a, a variety of things. I mean, from thin walls. So I went into a home and they, they were, I let the um, owners stay and do the investigation with us because they felt that it was important to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. And at one point we're sitting there and they could hear voices and they're like, I hear voices in the hallway. And we were sitting in the living room and I said, what do you hear? And he goes, I just hear like a conversation. And so I said, well, are you sure that's not coming from the street? Someone walking on, and, and sure enough, there was people walking their dog outside, but they could hear those voices inside, which sounded like it was coming from their hallway. So it could be a variety of things. It could be the way that your HVAC unit turns on and the suction in the home. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I woke myself up one time thinking that I heard a lady singing in the hallway and it was me. <laughs> I mean, it was like I was humming or moaning in my sleep. <laughs> My yeah. husband's like, no, that was just you. <laughs> well, I have to admit, I have woken myself up, uh, but it wasn't from singing. It was from snoring. Okay. So, you know, there we go. Yeah, so, All right. Perfect. Um, so let's say that, that the house is uh, legitimately haunted. Um, is this spirit or ghost going to stay with the home forever? Can they be evicted or you know or is the the new homeowner stuck with this squatting spirit so to speak <laughs> um that's a great question and i don't think that i have a perfect answer for that okay so um i will say that sometimes you can get a spirit to move on okay maybe maybe um they don't know they're dead oh so sometimes you can you can ask that they go to the light something like that people will do cleanses of their home i am not an expert on cleansing so i can't okay. speak to that um and sometimes if the spirit is benevolent or um you know they're not really experiencing anything negative just little mm -hmm. mischievous things like moving items or something like that you might see a shadow peek out from behind a doorway and they don't feel harmed by it then they are content living that way together forever okay so um, and if they are not benevolent, then probably we need to seek someone else's advice, yeah, right? <laughs> that is outside my area of expertise. Okay, perfect. Well, I think this is a great place to take a break. But before we do, can you please tell us, Missy, how to get in touch with you again? You can reach me on Facebook at um, Frontier Ghost Hunters. Perfect. Um, we are visiting today with Missy Bennett, um, owner of Frontier Ghost Hunters. Um, our local paranormal expert. And you're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. We'll be right back.
on missing out on the home you love or having to settle for something less just because you couldn't sell your own home quickly. I'm Barbara Corcoran. I've worked with thousands of successful real estate agents. Let me help you choose the right agent so this doesn't happen to you. If you're buying or selling in Bakersfield, call Lori McCarty because she offers an immediate cash offer and can help you find great homes before they hit the market. Partner with the right agent. Go to themccartygroup.com and start packing. You're listening to KNZR, 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And we're back this morning with the Kern County Real Estate Review, featuring our host, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group. For all your real estate questions, call Lori at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653 or go online to themccartygroup.com. You can also follow Lori on social media. For Facebook, follow her at The McCarty Group or on Instagram at Lori underscore McCarty. And to keep up with all the real estate news in Kern County, you can follow this show on Facebook and Instagram at The Kern County Real Estate Review. There you can also submit questions you'd like Lori to answer on air or suggest topics you'd like her to cover on Sunday mornings. And today we're visiting this morning with Missy Bennett of Frontier Ghost Hunters. And Missy, can you tell our listeners and me how they can get in touch with you? You can find me on Facebook at Frontier Ghost Hunters. Perfect. So before the break, you were telling us about a client's home that was in fact haunted and some signs that a a home might be have some paranormal activity. So after seeing and hearing some of these signs, I think some of our listeners might be getting a little worried about their home. (laughs) So what should a homeowner do if they suspect that their home is haunted? I guess it just depends on whether or not they're worried about it. So um, some people like that, then they're perfectly content living alongside a spirit in their home. Um, sometimes they might call me, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I can come in and help them to determine whether or not um, there is proof mm-hmm. that there's something paranormal in their house. So, and then once we make a determination, and, and let me just clarify, if I go into a home and don't find any evidence, it doesn't necessarily mean that the home is not haunted. I just couldn't prove it for you okay. based on the tools and the equipment that we use during the investigation of anything paranormal in the home. And perhaps just at the time that you Correct. were there, right? Correct. Um, you know, some of those those spirits who are mis- mischievous yeah. might just decide, oh, she's gone, now I'm gonna exactly. show. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I, I wish we could, you know, time it, and they're like, oh, she's here, great, let's just do all of this crazy stuff right now so she can catch it on uh, recording or something. And yeah, it's not. they're not always cooperative. I, I get that. So just like you are passionate about ghost hunting, I am very passionate about a good DIY project. Mm. Is ridding your home of a ghost something that uh, homeowners can do on their own? Or um, do you think they should really bring in an expert like yourself? I think someone could actually do this on their own for sure. Um, And it doesn't require anything expensive. Everybody has a voice recorder app on their phone that's free if they don't they can download it um and and that honestly is the best tool ever so i would just if you feel like your home might be haunted sit down make it quiet 
open that voice app and start asking questions. Ask for a response. And if you go back and listen to your recording and you get a response <laughs> that you can't explain, <laughs> mm. <laughs> then it might, you know, you might have something there. Um, you know, a lot of people will burn sage to cleanse the home if they first moved into it. Um, I, I've heard that it, that it works and that it sometimes doesn't work. So um, there's there's all kinds of rituals and little ceremonial type things that's, that a person can do. And it depends on, I guess, if you're faith-based or not. Right. Um, but there are, there are a lot of options out there that they could Google search, I suppose. Absolutely. So since this is the Kern County Real Estate Review, do you know of any particularly haunted locations here in Kern County? Everybody knows about the Padre. That's probably the iconic haunt Mm -hmm. Uh, in town. I have not had the luxury of investigating the Padre, but have seen um, many um, reports of haunted experiences in the Padre. I have seen the little handprint on the fireplace, which is interesting, the stone fireplace Mm -hmm. downstairs. Mm -hmm. Um, They say that Union Cemetery is haunted. You've heard the stories of Garces Circle being haunted. No, I haven't. Share some of those. Okay, so there are um, the folklore is that the Saint Garces, mm-hmm. who's in the center of the circle, will sometimes accidents are caused because people will say they will see him, his head moving and following, following oh. you around the circle. Um, so, oh gosh, let's see. I don't know. I'm dr- obviously, um, not obviously, but Bakersfield High School mm-hmm. uh, is haunted. Several school locations. Um, there is a house downtown in the Westchester area that everybody says is haunted, but you know it's difficult to get into someone's home, right? You, especially if they don't want to know that it's haunted. Absolutely. <laughs> um, the Bakersfield Californian building. Oh, really? Uh, is I will say definitely haunted. I have I have had the opportunity to investigate there. Uh, probably caught the best EVP of my life um, at the Californian. Uh, there are, gosh, and that's not even homes. Like, I don't even know how many homes could be haunted. But, you know, you always hear about the businesses and the parks and things right, like that. Right, right. Well, I know we have an awful lot of older buildings in town that are rich with history. And and I think many people assume that the older buildings are the only places that can be haunted. Um, so what about newly built homes and buildings? Can Can they be haunted, too? They can, and um, there could be a variety of reasons why that is. It could be the property that the home was built on. Mm-hmm. So um, we were speaking earlier, and the old Sinaloa building downtown mm. that is no longer there, but right. uh, supposed to be wildly haunted right. because it used to be a home for children. Mm-hmm. And um, the many experiences that Sinaloa experienced, and, and now they're getting, they've torn that down, they're getting ready to build luxury apartments right i would bet you that with all of that activity that that those spirits have to go somewhere and they didn't just disappear with the building no. so think twice before you move into those new luxury apartments <laughs> on <Sinaloa> property <laughs> i'm sure i'm going to be getting phone calls <laughs> uh, so if any of our listeners out there are interested in ghost hunting or paranormal, uh, what advice would you give them? I would really just start with doing your research um, mm-hmm. and think about how you would how you'll approach this. 
um, while, while it is fun and, you know, I, I call it my hobby, you really do, there needs to be some, some seriousness taken with it, especially right. if you're investigating someone's home. Um, you certainly don't want to go in and disturb or disrupt something or go in as this active believer where you're going to believe everything that the homeowner says, not that, not that what their experience isn't true, but you're confirming that for them and you're, you're making the evidence fit towards the stories. Right. So, um, I just think you really need to be careful about your process and that you are dealing with, with real things. And absolutely. I think you want to make sure that you are in fact employing that scientific method, yes. right? Um, and, and, and as you said, making sure that um, <clears throat> that there is some sort of efficacy to the process right. um, so that you can either support what the homeowner has experienced um, or not right. in, in some um, truthful type of way, right? Adelaide, what questions do you have for um, our guest? Uh, the one thing I think about is if you are in a place and you feel a presence, do you always have to be scared? Is it something that we should be afraid of automatically? No, no, not at all. But I think the fear comes just from the unknown. Mm. So, um, and from, you know, <laughs> the horror movies and all of these, <laughs> you know, terrifying things that you see on TV all the time. And so I think our, our initial reaction is automatically fear. Um, mm. But it doesn't necessarily mean that what your experience is you're experiencing is anything negative. Okay, so it's okay to reach out with a hug. Absolutely. Okay. Away. <laughs> I love that. That's a great thought. And and I actually have another question, but for Lori. Yes. Have you experienced any paranormal activity? Not that I have been cognizant of. <laughs> <laughs> you know me. I'm pretty oblivious. I'm kind of a one-track mind, right? You know, real estate, real estate, real estate, right? So there might have been a ghost that's reached out to you. There just... might have been. I just wasn't paying attention, right? 665 sold. Ghosts. You got it. Call her up. Yeah, call me up. That's the way to reach me. Interesting. Okay. And Adelaide, what about you? Have you had any paranormal experiences? I, I've had a few, but the one that really jumps out at me is we were at a training in Prescott, Arizona, mm-hmm. at the Hasayampa Inn, and it was notoriously haunted. Ooh. And, and the story was there was a wedding. The woman, the bride, left at the altar. Mm-hmm. And then and then she killed herself in the hotel. Oh no! So we're and I and I was kind of like you, like yeah, whatever, whatever. But we, you know, uh, we roomed up with a, it was me and another guy roomed up, a marine guy, tough guy, mm-hmm. and me. And then I remember waking up at three in the morning and looking and seeing a woman's figure in in a, the wedding gown, and just like ah. And I remember, and I'm a grown man, so mm-hmm, this is the mm-hmm. crazy part. I covered up, and I just felt myself talking to her, like, "Hey, I'm here. I'll be gone tomorrow. You know, I'm not trying to do any harm or anything or whatever." And but I was frozen stiff. Oh, I can imagine scary stuff. Scary that would have freaked so, me out. So I definitely, I'm a, I'm a believer. <laughs> I probably would be too if I'd had that experience. <laughs> Oh, I don't know about you guys, but this has really been a fun episode for me. Um, And, in fact, it may have actually made me uh, much less of a skeptic. So thank you for that, Missy. You're welcome. Um, 
So whether or not you've actually converted me, I really do appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. Um, you know, Dean of East High by day, Ghost Hunter by <laughs> night. I, I think that is uh, wonderful that you've taken the time to enlighten us about all things paranormal. And um, if you didn't jot it down before, please reach out to Missy um, at Facebook. Facebook, Frontier Ghost Hunters. Perfect. Well, hopefully this morning we've all learned a little bit more about this interesting topic, and um, we've given everyone a little more clarity into the world of real estate. I know Adelaide and I both look forward to visiting with you again next Sunday at 8 a.m., just before Sean Hannity, who's coming up next. If by chance you missed an episode of the show or know someone who should be hearing this information but who's just a lazy butt and didn't get up early enough on a Sunday morning, we've got you covered. You can now hear this episode and all of the others wherever you get your podcast. Just search Kern County Real Estate Review and you can listen over and over. This is Lori McCarty with the McCarty Group of Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors and your host of the Kern County Real Estate Review, wishing you and yours a wonderful rest of the day and a fantastic week ahead. You're listening to 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. We'll see you next week. Hi, Dennis Prager here for Lori McCarty, host of the Kern County Real Estate Review. If you've got questions about real estate, she's got answers. Tune in every Sunday at 8 a.m. right here on KNZR 1560 AM 97.7 FM. Now that's smart. The times we're living in are unparalleled, and it's affected all of us. It's made us feel uneasy and alone. Americans who need to sell their home or have to move and buy a new home are experiencing tremendous stress right now. And I know it's scary and overwhelming, but there is a solution. I'm fortunate to work with some of the top agents in America, agents who are going to tell you the truth, who will give you the best advice that's right for you. Right now, you need to work with an agent that can bring solutions for you. You have the help of somebody that can help you really make an informed decision. Lori McCarty with the McCarty Group at Caldwell Banker. You may want to take a cash offer, or maybe it's time to upgrade your home and get it ready to sell in the summer. Maybe you should just hold tight and refinance. You do have options, and you deserve to work with a great agent who does business with the highest integrity. Call Lori McCarty at 665-SOLD or online at themccartygroup.com. That's themccartygroup.com.